work on getting this table up. I watched JJ do it. It works. Yeah, that's good. You get my age, you have uh, distances that are very important. Thank you for uh, being here this morning. I'm really excited to come and to be with you, to share God's word with you, uh, to talk about something I'm passionate about uh, because it has to do with God's word and the moving of his spirit. Uh, short introduction, my name's Ted. I've been hanging out here for about three, three months with you or so. My wife, Carolyn, I, she just loves, go ahead, raise your hand. No, she just loved that, that I did that. But uh, we're, we've been here for a bit. I have three sons, uh, and I have six grandsons, and I have one granddaughter who is the princess of the bunch. So I know boys really well, and I'm learning a bit about uh, girls. So there you go. I re- recently retired from uh, pastoring, and I've got to move this a little forward, uh, pastoring for 42 years and uh, the last 22 being at a a church here in Whatcom County. And uh, Carolyn and I feel as though the Lord has led us to the bridge uh, as we've been a part of your community for these uh, past uh, couple months. We've met many of you, and I look forward to meeting many more of you. JJ and I have known each other for uh, a couple years, and I just need to say, pause and say, uh, you are fortunate to have JJ here and Stephanie and their family. And uh, please make it a regular, yeah, there you go. Please make it a regular habit, a rhythm, as we've been talking about lately, a rhythm to be praying for them, to be encouraging them, and to be loving them. And so uh, I'm looking forward to doing that also. So as I look out upon all of you this morning, I see a room full of potential. A room full of potential as God is transforming us and leading us to impact those around us. And I'm excited about it. How about you? So let's pray. Uh, Father, I thank you for the privilege of being here this morning. I thank you for the privilege of, oh boy, I, this is amazing to th- even think about, Lord, the, the privilege of gathering together to worship you and in your mysterious way to have you in our presence, not only in us, Holy Spirit, but with us. And I thank you so much for that. So, Lord, I invite you to speak. Jesus, I thank you that You've made the way in Holy Spirit. We invite you to take us from where we are to where you'd have us to be. In Jesus' name, amen. How many of you like to go on road trips? Many? Oh, most of you. That's good. Road trips are those car trips uh, that take a considerable considerable amount of time and take you to places where you do not normally live. Now, when Carolyn and I were raising our three sons, who, by the way, now are ages 39 and 35 and 32, we would take at least one road trip every year. Uh, At that time, we were living in California, in the Bay Area, 
And my family is from Utah, and Carolyn's family is from Washington. And so once a year, we would take a road trip to go visit family. Uh, we'd pack up the car and travel long hours until we reached our destination. Now, I would do a road trip differently now. Oh. I would want to do a road trip differently now than I did because I still kind of do this. Because I'd be intent on getting from point A, where I was, to point B, where I wanted to go. And that was my focus. And I kind of missed out on the journey, enjoying uh, things that went on. And we'd be going past a roadside site or a good place that would have been to uh, stop and discover. And I always said, oh, we just got past that exit. I can't turn around and on we would go. That's kind of the way I did it. Now, in order, uh, in order to have a successful road trip or journey, you need a map. Uh, do any of you know how to read a map? Okay. Uh, back in the day, on my road trips, we used these. You remember these? It's been a long time. I had to go looking for this because it hasn't been out of the drawer for a while. And you would unfold this. You remember how these would unfold? <laughs> and then one of my pet peeves was when one of my kids or my wife would not fold it back properly. You, you remember that? So back in the day, this was a very important thing to have because it showed me where I was and it showed me where I was to go. Now these days, this is my map or a screen in your car that is telling you, okay, this is where you are and these are the turns you need to take to get where you want to go. Uh, so having a map is important. Uh, we don't have to be on a road trip though to be in the midst of a journey. In fact, we are all on a journey, both individually and together. Because isn't that kind of what life is, a journey? It's kind of a journey. We are all where we are now, and we should be journeying to a place that we should be, a desired destination. And so as we are entering into the year 2023, let me ask you the question, where is your desired destination? Where is that place that you are moving toward? Where do you want to go? Where has God and is God calling you toward? Uh, JJ has been speaking to us about this journey. Uh, two weeks ago, he reminded us, this was a good reminder, that we all have great potential. Every one of us has great potential because we are image bearers of God. And that, there's no one that that does not include. Uh, tomorrow is Martin Luther King Jr.'s birthday that we celebrate. Um, and this was one of the things that he said during that civil rights movement is everyone has value because everyone is an image bearer of God. And so uh, he was willing to pay the price to make that message known. 
And I really, really appreciate that. The more I read his sermons and the more I sit and hear of his, uh, his words and his encouragement and the price that he paid, I just uh, sit and say, Lord, uh, could you make me more like that? One that would value everybody because everyone has potential, because everyone is an image bearer of God. So might I encourage you just to pause tomorrow and look at where you are and ask God where he'd have you to be with regard to seeing everyone like that. Okay, that was an aside. Let's get back. You are an image bearer of God. You have great potential. Uh, this, you might be a little uncomfortable with this, but why don't you tell someone next to you or if you don't have someone next to you, just say it across the way. You are an image bearer of God. You have potential. Now, if I say nothing else, that was good for you to hear. But I have more stuff to say. Uh, my name's Ted. TED Talks go 18 minutes. This might go a little bit over. But here we go. Um, JJ also taught us uh, that potential is wasted unless it is acted upon. It requires that we take a journey with God in order to arrive at our potential or that desired destination. So for a journey to be successful, we need to know where we are going. And last week, J.J. taught us that that desired destination, that reaching our potential, is living in the conscious presence of God and experiencing his will and living out his will. Uh, the desired destination of living out the will of God, he told us, is ultimate. Do you remember the second point? Uh, I do, is good. It's ultimate, it's good, and it's worth it. It's ultimate, it's good, and it's worth it. And establishing rhythms helps us in this journey. So for any road trip or journey in life, it is important to know our destination. Otherwise, we'll get stuck in aimlessness and confusion. This is true for us personally, for me personally, and for a church. Now, there is something else that you need to know and that is very important to consider with regard to this journey. In order for the journey to be successful, you not even you don't you need to know more than where you're going. You need to know where you are. Let's go to that next slide. We have a little map. You've seen this in a mall. You know, those mall maps, have you ever used one of those? Thinking, oh, where is Macy's or where's... And then you go, okay, there's Macy's. That's where it is. But I need to also know where I am, where I am. So in a journey, it's not only good to know your destination, but it's no good to know the starting place where you are. Every day, it's important to us, for us to go before God and say, God, where am I? 
because I need to go where you want me to go. It'll be a journey. Uh, this is important because it's easy to get sidetracked uh, and stuck. It's easy to forget the destination and get stuck where we are. Because if you're traveling through a desert place and arrive at an oasis, it takes a lot for you to leave that oasis to travel to that place that God wants you to go if it's going to cause you to go through a desert. It's hard to leave a place of ease and risk it to go to that place that God's calling us to go. Because sometimes a journey requires us to go to a, through a desert. Sometimes a journey with God requires us to scale a mountain in order to build the faith muscles that we need to live out God's will. So it's really important not only to know where we're going, but where we are. Asking God to come and show us to be introspective and to ask God himself through his spirit to assess us. Uh, Because we really can't journey to where God wants us to go unless we realize where we are. Personal and corporate assessment is very biblical. Throughout scripture, God's called his people to look inward. He's called his people to look inward so that they can journey forward. One of the Old Testaments, and we will get to the Bible, by the way, one of the Old Testament characters that was far from being perfect, but who had a deep desire to know God and to journey forward with God was King David. Now, uh, we all know the bravery of King David. He fought lions and bears, and he, he, he overcame a giant named Goliath. You remember those stories? Uh, but his story also included sexual and family troubles that became a warning for the nation of Israel and actually a warning for me today. So uh, it's good for us to go to the book of Psalms and read about David's journey with God. Um, Because in the book of Psalms, and I try to read a psalm, uh, at least one psalm every day, but uh, in these psalms we find awestruck praise. A lot of the songs that uh, our worship team leads us in come from the book of Psalms. But also in the book of Psalms, we find wrestling that led David at the end of the psalm to giving over to God. And uh, I, I truly believe that God said, David is a man after my own heart, not because he was perfect. Anybody here perfect? Oh, okay, I'll pray for you. (laughs) You don't have to leave. (laughs) Uh, David wasn't perfect, but he said, God, I want to know me so I can follow you better. And uh, David invited God to access the depths of his heart and expose the truth from there. So there's a prayer 
of David from Psalm 139, uh, verses 23 and 24, that's going to be up on the screen. And that prayer says this. Search me, O God, and know my heart. Search me, O God, and know my heart. Test and know my anxious thoughts. See if there is any offensive way in me, and lead me in the way everlasting. So uh, let's just kind of let that prayer settle in to our soul. I'm going to read it once again. Search me, O God, and know my heart. Test me and know my anxious thoughts. See if there be any offensive way in me and lead me in the way everlasting. Do you find that prayer intimidating? David was asking nothing less than Almighty God to search him completely. Not just about what he's done, but about who he is from the inside out. Then David was asking God to let him know where he was and then to help him journey with God to that place he should be. Lead me in the way everlasting. And these next weeks, uh, J.J. is going to be talking about that way, about the rhythms that Jesus lived out and that we can live out in going on that journey with God. I heard a prayer, I mean a sermon once, uh, by a pastor who said that this prayer of David was the most courageous act of David's life. He said it took more courage to pray this prayer than to battle the lion or the bear or the giant. And when I heard him say this, I I thought, I'm in full agreement with that. Because that would be a a scary place to go. Let me tell you a little bit about my story. I grew up in Utah in a little coal mining town in the center part of the state. And my family was the only family that wasn't Mormon. And uh, I didn't know any, it was a great childhood for me because I didn't know anything different. But I remember a talk my parents had to me, had with me when I was young. And uh, they said, Ted, uh, we're growing up in this environment. And... uh, Amongst your friends, you're probably going to be the only uh, Christian that they'll know. And so uh, you might be the only Jesus, in, in quotes, that they'll ever see. And do you know what I heard when they told me that? I heard that they said, Ted, you need to be Jesus. Ted, that you need to be perfect. Ted, that you need to not have any mistakes. And uh, it caused me to try harder and often fall short and to live out that 
place of shame, internally not letting anyone know, because after all, I need to be Jesus. Is anyone here Jesus? Great. <laughs> um, Let me give you an example. So my grandfather, whom I loved, and who loved me, and who wanted the best for me, said, uh, Ted, here's some advice. Uh, you should never go to a movie, or you should never go to a dance. Because in his mindset, dances and movies are wrong. It was that long list of don'ts, do's and don'ts, I don't know if ever, any of you grew up in a, a legalistic type of thing. But uh, my grandfather went so far, and he loved me, and he said this out of love. He said, Ted, if Jesus returns and you're caught in a movie theater or at a dance, you're going to be left behind. Yeah. So I remember when I was a sophomore in high school, I was in the orchestra, and we were going to do the Fiddler on the Roof musical. Uh, any of, anybody heard of the Fiddler on the Roof? Okay. Uh, I love that musical. And so they, it was just, uh, I'm dating myself now. Uh, it was just coming out in the theaters about 1972. And uh, so they, the teacher said, let's all go watch the movie. And so the orchestra will know what the songs sound like and you'll know the story. And, and so I went to my parents. I said, can I go to the movie with my classmates for on the Roof? And they said yes. And I remember so clearly, never having been in a movie theater before, walking through those doors and saying, oh, isn't it just like Jesus to return right now? Isn't it just like him to catch me? It was a very real thought to me because, you see, I was walking in fear, in fear of being caught. I had a skewed picture of God, and I saw him as being one who had wanted to catch me and correct me than one that wanted to love me and embrace me. And it's taken me a lifetime to work through that stuff. So a prayer like that that I just read from Psalm 139 was a scary place for me. Oh, I don't know if I want Almighty God to know me that much. Because it just brought with it fear and the need to hide and hopelessness and the fear of rejection and punishment. But friends, that was a wrong view of God. And by grace, I'm journeying with Jesus and learning more about leaning into his love than being fearful of his love. So I don't believe that that prayer was the most courageous thing that David ever did. I disrespectfully disagree. Because the first 21 verses of this psalm, they tell me why he could pray such a prayer as that. 
I'd like to read verses 1 through 4. They say of one third, Psalm 139, O Lord, you have searched me, and you know me. Thank you for that song, by the way. You've searched me and you know me. You know when I sit and when I rise. You perceive my thoughts from afar. You discern my going out and my lying down. You are familiar with all my ways. Before a word is on my tongue, you know it completely, O Lord. You and I, each of us, is uniquely known by God. Fully, completely, uniquely known by God. He knows us inside and out. He knows us before we ask him to know us. He knows everything about us. He knows our habits. He knows our actions. He knows our comings and goings. He knows our ways. He knows our words. God is fully vested in me and in you. He completely knows you. And his interest in you is not so that he can catch you in your failures, but instead so he can carry us so that we can know him and he can know us on this journey to knowing him more and living out what he has uniquely in mind for each of us. That's a place of love. That's a place of love. And it goes on in verses 5 through 12. It says this. You hem me in behind and before. You've laid your hand upon me. Such knowledge is too wonderful for me too lofty for me to attain. Where can I go from your spirit? Where can I flee from your presence? If I go up to the heavens, you are there. If I make my bed in the depths, you are there. If I rise on the wings of the dawn, if I settle on the far side of the sea, even there your hand will guide me. Your right hand will hold me fast. If I say, surely the darkness will hide me and the light become night around me, even the darkness will not be dark to you. The night will shine like the day, for the darkness is light to you. We are never alone. Isn't that amazing to think about? We are never alone in your loneliest moment, In your loneliest moment, God is fully present. Now, if we can't get an amen out of that one, we're in trouble. An amen? There you go. When we try to hide in shame, God is there to speak hope. Uh, When we try to flee from his presence, there's no place we can go to flee. His presence is there to hold us and to guide us back on the right road and away from danger. And I agree with David when he said, such knowledge is too wonderful for me, too lofty for me to attain. 
That's the kind of God that we have. He is for us. He is with us. Verses 13 through 16. For you created my inmost being. You knit knit me together in my mother's womb. I praise you because I am fearfully and wonderfully made. Your works are wonderful. I know that well. My frame was not hidden from you when I was made in the secret place. When I was woven together in the depths of the earth, your eyes saw my unformed body. All the days ordained for me were written in your book before one of them came to be. Each of you, each of you are is a unique creation of God. You are not a mistake. Sit with that for a moment. You are not a mistake. You are not forgotten. God made you with a purpose in mind. Almighty God made you with a purpose in mind. He has a unique love and purpose that is directed right at you. How you look is not a mistake. God looks at you and knows that you were fearfully and wonderfully made. Receive that from him. Uh, He was attending to every detail of you from the beginning. And God is not only known, you're not only known by how you look, but God also spoke into your personality, who you are. That's no no mistake, that's known by God. And even beyond that, it says that he knows your inmost being. He knows all about your soul. That, That place where God has created you to know God and to be known by him. God's created all those things. You are not a mistake. You are fearfully and wonderfully made from how you look to your personality to that place where you hear the whisperings of God. God is fully in control. There is nothing out of God's control. You are not out of God's control. In fact, it said in those verses that he knows how long or how short you will live. He has numbered your days. Every day is ordained. He is there every day. You are known. You are never alone. You are a unique creation of God. God is fully in control. And I don't know about you, but about now I'm I'm getting a little overwhelmed by the glory of God, by the attentiveness of God, by the love of God. And for David, that brought him to a place of worship. Let's look at verses 17 and 18. 
How precious to me are your thoughts, O God. How vast is the sum of them. Were I to count them, they would outnumber the grains of sand. When I awake, I'm still with you. All of this is more than David could grasp. It's more than I can grasp. David said that God's thoughts and God's love and God's involvement could not be measured. And that's the same for me and the same for you. How is he? He sees us. They cannot be measured. And, and the good news is that's not only for this moment or for this day, but it will be the same tomorrow and the same the next day and the next and the next. In fact, there'll be never an end to God's unique love and involvement for me and you. So that's why David could pray this prayer. Not because he was courageous. Not because he was strong. But because he knew God. And he knew it was really important that God knew him. So from that place, he could pray this prayer. Verses 23 and 24. Search me, O God. And know my heart. Test me and know my anxious thoughts. See if there is any offensive way in me. And lead me in the way everlasting. He prayed this prayer. We can pray this prayer. Not in fear, but in safety. In security. In love and in the loving embrace of Almighty God, who is powerful and who is in control. Historically, in the Christian tradition, such a prayer was called the prayer of examine. Thus, this sheet of paper that you were handed. And uh, I encourage you to ask God often to show you where you are so that you can journey with him to the place he'd have you to be. And on the back side of this sheet, I'll leave this for you to take home and read and think of through. But on the back side of the sheet, it says, how do you pray this prayer of examine? And it gives you four R's that I have found uh, helpful. And by the way, I use an app uh, daily that helps me to pause and to pray. And that's where this came from. It's called Lectio, L-E-C-T-I-O. Don't let that scare you. It's a Latin word for reading. So Lectio 365. And uh, that's a great tool to use, uh, Lectio 365. But here you go. And this is from that. The first R is replay. When you come before God, listening for his spirit to tell you where you are, first of all, in the spirit, replay the last day or a week or month or year or whatever. Noticing, uh, asking God to bring in to your mind through a spirit what he wants to speak to you. 
and notice the results that you've seen in your life, your emotions, your joys, your fears. It's a place of just God surfacing what he'd like to talk to you about that day. And then rejoice. I don't think we spend enough time rejoicing. Uh, one of the re- I love to rejoice with you together on Sunday mornings, but we have to do it every day. And it's just not music, but rejoicing is finding a rhythm where we stop and we remember and we... I mean, you could sit on those verses we've gone through so far and, and it should bring us to a place of, place of great rejoicing. So gratitude. It'd be good for you on a regular, and me for, on a regular basis just to sit with God and say our thanks and our gratitude to him. The next R is repent. It's not only good for us to rejoice, but it's good for us to repent. Uh, by seeing where we have strayed, where we have gone in the wrong direction, and ask God to forgive us, confessing to him where we have chosen to live apart from him, ask forgiveness, and ask him to help us to get back on track on that journey toward him. And then the last R, reboot. Who here is happy you can reboot in life? I I need to reboot often. Of saying, okay, God, I'm back on the road again. As Willie Nelson, wasn't it? On the road again? Okay. Uh, Reboot, asking God... Thanking God that there's a road to get back on on the journey towards him. And making a conscious decision to follow him. So the prayer of examine is one of those important rhythms in your journey of life with Jesus. And I'm so glad I no longer have to live in fear of going to that place with God. But I can lean into his loving embrace the God that knows all the God that loves us and a God that is fully involved let's read this prayer out loud and it's going to be up on the screen would you join me search me O God and know my heart test me and know my anxious thoughts See if there is any offensive way in me and lead me in the way everlasting. And Father, this is what we need and this is what you lead us toward. So Holy Spirit, my prayer is that you take me today from where I am and that I would be a willing participant in, lead, in following you to where you'd have me to be. In Jesus' name, amen. Worship team.